We're going to be doing the self-limiting beliefs um, segment of the evening. Um, we're going to be getting into self-limiting beliefs. Um, and then Angie is going to share kind of like her background, her experience, and what she does. And I would like to start um, with her. I'll introduce myself next. So here is Angie. We'll let her get started. You want me to just take it away? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, I have a plethora of experience in different areas. And um, I guess with really speaking about self-limiting beliefs, I used to do, um, and let me back up. I don't want to say used to. I used to run a nonprofit. That's what I should say. I used to run a nonprofit in downtown Kalamazoo called the Freedom Center. And we really... Um, specialized in uh, trauma-focused inner healing and um, guiding people through that journey. Uh, and I kind of stepped into that out of uh, a past in ministry where I worked in recovery with people usually who are incarcerated or homeless or um, struggling with uh, addiction recovery. And so it just kind of evolved out of that into a deep focus on trauma. And so now as I've stepped out of that nonprofit, my coaching and inner healing uh, sessions continue. Uh, it really seems to be a niche for me, even though I have some other business ventures that are really uh, focused on empowerment and growth in the physical, in the emotional, in the spiritual, in the mental, in the relational. And so I'm, I'm very passionate about people stepping into their value and stepping into their worth and uh, not just stepping into it, but uh, for it to become a knowing and part of their being. And so talking with Nicole and connecting with Nicole, uh, it was really such a heart connection. And, you know, when you just kind of grew with someone the same way, and when she had mentioned this program, it really lit my fire. And then, of course, talking about uh, limiting beliefs and how to work through those and get past those, discovering what limiting beliefs you have. Uh, I, I couldn't help but be a part of it because it's one of my passions to help people get past that. I love everything about what she said. And she became even cooler in her introduction than I even knew could be possible, guys. Yes, I'm excited about this because I, a long time ago, came up with woke news. And it, the timing wasn't right um, really a few years ago, but now it is. Um, society is changing very quickly. Uh, a lot of um, beliefs that we had once before are kind of changing. And with that, ties into the self-limiting beliefs. I know that for myself, I have had that many times. I grew up um, in a household of uh, religious structures and do as I say, not as I do type of a household, which was rather confusing for me. Um, I always saw more of a oneness. Uh, spirituality, really, I gravitated towards because I feel that it um, everybody can be included in that. But in working through the self-limiting beliefs, I realized that a lot of the limiting beliefs that you may have are more than likely instilled in you at a very young age um, through some kind of trauma, through being shut down when you were trying to shine or express yourself. And a lot of the times it was out of just the other person and their own limiting beliefs that when something new and different came in front of them, when they're, they were raised 
generationally for a very long time to kind of go with the grain, be this way. Um, being an individual was not something that was really welcomed. And now we're at a place where the world needs you to be your individual self, your authentic self, because you hold a gift that is the puzzle piece that will interconnect to the whole. And that is what this woke news will always be about. It'll share resources, tools, um, amazing guest speakers, people just like yourself who have been there, who have experienced it. Um, I'm 20 years, uh, been a makeup artist and a cosmetologist. Um, I've always loved that. That's been my passion. But my biggest part has always been trying to help people navigate themselves internally rather than believing necessary, necessarily outside of themselves to trust within. Um, so through my experience, I went through the past uh, 15 years where I had addictions. Um, I dealt with homelessness. Um, I was 200 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, no woe is me, but you know, I, I went through my challenges and instead of hiding from those challenges, I decided to educate myself. I decided to connect with people. I decided to do the work um, and really tap into understanding better addictions and um, why I was seeking outside of myself. And through that, I started to peel back the layers of the societal programming that has been on the world stage for so long. Um, I got a bachelor's in behavioral science in correctional facilities, um, which is what I wanted to share with her, um, which I thought was funny. Um, yes, it's behavioral mental health and support services for correctional facilities. And um, I am next month, I will have my master's in business administration. So no matter where we come from, guys, you can overcome anything, but you really need to take the time and think about those self-limiting beliefs when they do come up. Are they feasible? Um, do they actually make sense and align with the current situation that's going on? Um, kind of taking a step back and looking at it, is this my way of thinking or is this a way of thinking that was told to me? Um, because as you start to peel back, you'll start to open up space for your creativity to shine. And that's why the first part was me doing a makeup session, um, utilizing astrology and whatnot in helping with the creative self-expression because it ties into limiting beliefs. And the more that we can jump out of our own box, the less likely those limiting beliefs will hold space any longer. I get excited, absolutely. so I start. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah, I love so many things that you said. Yeah. I knew you had a good intro. I was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> goes so many directions. <laughs> Which is why I always yeah. have notes yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere I have notes. Because, um, you know, I'm ADHD and I tend to get excited and get all over the place. But we want to make sure that we bring it back because... We want you guys to know that this is going to be real tea. This is going to be real talk. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. And who the hell cares about a rainbow if you didn't weather the storm first? You know what I mean? Right. Right. That's that's really something yeah. to think yeah. about. And yeah. we connected through work, oh, sorry, yeah. through a creative work yeah. that I was doing and that she wanted to do for herself. And we kind of collided. And then we just started being at the same networking events and connecting with other women and realizing that there's really a community out here, guys, in Kalamazoo area and Michigan, I mean, all over, but 
that is here to want to empower you, to yeah. want to guide you, to provide resources. Yeah. Um, and to intentionally create. But yeah, yes, can I share something? Absolutely. Um, one of the largest aspects in my process uh, was when, you know, I used to be entrenched in religion. Did I share that with you? Mm-mm. Okay. Because you kind of come from, yeah. So um, entrenched in it, you know, I led ministries and I was working for a mega church and I was doing all the things and be in the way. And, and I'm always passionate about digging deeper. And mm-hmm. so I did, um, which isn't really allowed for women, you know, in that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had a mentor that really empowered me and leadership that was really threatened by it. But I started on this hunt for truth and enlightenment. And um, I just started digging because if, if I speak for a second and in, into, because you said you were re- raised, raised in a highly structured religious atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to speak a little to that. And I get really unpopular when I do that. So just get ready. It religious people get ready to get angry at me. Yeah. Real. I'm just going to be, yeah, I'm going to be real here. And when I left the mega church, really because inside of me, the voice of God, the voice of the universe source love said, it's time to go. Like I was moving and grooving. I was speaking and leading and seeing people overcome things. It was lighting my fire. And I just had this very intense piece from that inner voice that said, you're done. And I quit and it didn't make sense. And it made a lot of people mad, but I talked to my husband at the time and just said, I feel like God told me it's time to go. And he said, I feel that. And so I, getting chill. I know, I know I stepped out, which at the at the time in, in the religious uh, environment I was in, I would have been considered behaving badly in the sense that I started digging into historical context of scripture and I started studying Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek. And I started, I started studying the cultural context because Christian scripture wasn't written in 21st century Western world. It was written like in a culture in the East, Middle East, 2000 years ago um, by humans who experienced something so profound and tried to put it into words based on how their culture, the language, their culture gave them. So I am really going somewhere. I promise. No, I know exactly um, what you're talking yeah. about right now. Yep. So when I started studying culture, context and language, it changed everything. Um, you start to really see, and I, sorry to break it to everybody that, you know, the, our translations are just very, very skewed and we create doctrine out of, out of um, bad translations. And when you start digging into culture and context and language and um, just the history of it, it becomes so much more beautiful and so much more simple. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, I, we, I get teary because a lot of the ways that people have been very oppressed religiously Mm -hmm. aren't even true. You know, when you get to the very heart, it's, I, I've in my deep study and literally obsessively for years of scripture, um, I really found that there's only a few uh, really good translated scriptures. And one is God is love. That one I can take. Uh, Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mm-hmm. That I can take. Mm-hmm. Um, and as God is, so are you in this world. Um, those are really strong scriptures. And you know what? You could spend all day with those. You could really, or, and there is now no condemnation. Um, like 
if you just really believed those, it would take you a lifetime to just kind of process and soak it in and, and define that. And um, so I ended up uh, starting a nonprofit in Kalamazoo where I would teach on that. And we tended to attract the very religiously abused. We kind of became a safe haven for them and worked with the homeless, worked with the incarcerated, and then also dug deep into um, helping people heal from, heal from just heinous trauma, heinous trauma. So um, kind of a different level trauma, also normal trauma. You can't rate trauma, so I don't even that like part. to say that. Right. But um, why I kind of went there is because I'm very, very passionate about just the simplicity of how you define something. Mm -hmm. And most people's limited beliefs are bad definitions, actually. And getting to the heart of, because sometimes, for instance, if someone says, um, I have to be perfect, I have to be perfect. I can't do it unless it's perfect. It's a very common limiting belief. Mm -hmm. And so instead of digging deep, like where did that come from and start to do all that, I'll say, define perfect. What does perfect mean to you? And starting to unpack that, sometimes people will say, um, you know, something off the wall that like if you told me right now that your definition of perfect was um, you and I having a total script and not messing up and making sure, you know, everything was right, that we couldn't go forward. It mm -hmm. wouldn't line up totally with what I've experienced with you. So I might say, is that your definition? Right. And kind of like what you said there, um, like often setting someone free from a limiting belief is getting to the heart of what their definition is mm -hmm. of some very prominent structured core beliefs like love, uh, perfection and success. If we can even just start with that for, for people and finding out what they believe, who said so. I love saying that to people. Sometimes it's That's just what I'm in my head. It's like, saying, yes. So sometimes people just go on in their rant and I'll just say, well, you know, who said, who said, it stops them right in their tracks. It does. Yep. Well, I don't know who said it. I'm like, well, is that you? Do you? is that what you want? Is that how you want to define success? Mm -hmm. Is that how you want to define perfection? And sometimes just asking someone that and giving them permission to define it themselves, they all of a sudden like inflate with power. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so empowering to know I get to define what love is for me. And, and even in relationship, like I'll work with couples sometimes and and even off the cuff of like, well, he loves me or she loves me. I'm like, but how does he define love? Right. And you don't know how often people have no idea, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, if someone asks me like, how does your husband define love? Do I know that? Like, do I really to my core know when someone says to me, do you love me? Because if, if my mother says I love you and my husband says I love you and my child says I love you, um, certain other people in my life and from my past that may have said, I love you. Eight different people may have eight vastly different definitions of love. Mm -hmm. And so in your heart of hearts, knowing that you have the power and the freedom to define what love is for you, what you want it to be, even if it hasn't been present in that way in your life ever, mm -hmm. but not only do you get to define it, you get to create it. And sometimes just that process leads to freedom, like in the most wonderful mm -hmm. and dramatic way. So 
I, I kind of went there a little bit when you talked about that religious oppression, because that's, there's so many bad definitions there. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, even in that, when I had the Freedom Center, sometimes I would just share with people who come to a specific teaching and I would share with them something I had discovered in the original text. And I'm just like uh, translating. I didn't even interpret. I would just say, okay, right here, this Aramaic, or sometimes we take literally what is an idiom, like ancient Hebrew culture was very figurative. I mean, they, they told stories in -hmm. the way that we use three words, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we say one word and they have an eight word, you know, um, whole prelude to a definition. And we take all that literal where they really give figurative language. So sometimes just explaining what an idiom was in that culture or giving a definition to a specific word in people's scripture. I had people storm out, shun me, never want to have anything to do. And I'm like, I just actually just told you what the Aramaic word. Right. But it's outside of their comfort zone. It's outside because we translated it so differently. And out of that translation in, in religious culture, um, and specifically, yes, in the evangelical culture. And I think people have to talk about it because I think a lot of people listening probably have limiting beliefs that have been imposed on them Absolutely. by religious culture. And mm-hmm. um, people uh, sometimes just hearing those definitions can be set free or if, they're, if all of their value in their life has ever been placed on obeying something that actually wasn't true, you just, they don't want to face that. And they're shattered. Then they're never living yeah. for themselves because I yeah. genuinely feel when it came down, when people are like commandments and they're saying that like outside of yourself, like there, you have to obey and this, that, and the other, I don't feel that whatever you believe that that's what it was for. It's not what it was for. I think it was a guiding light. It was meant to kind of show you, like, you're not supposed to envy or grovel over, like, gods and God. I genuinely believe this with my whole heart. And people may not like that. Yeah. But I would rather you put all of that to yourself. Right. Than giving so much of it outside of yourself. Because what's going to happen every time is you're always going to be disappointed. You're always going to be let down. But when you can turn inward, and that's what I believe when it comes to God, when she even made the comment, it sounds exactly like validating what I feel is that God consciousness is within us all. Yes. It's just a matter of tuning in. But if we're so focused externally on what we're being told religiously and what have you, then we're going to be turning away from ourselves and our intuition that's going to weaken more and more and more to where you're never going to trust yourself. So you're going to create more limiting beliefs because you're like, well, I need to fit this grain. You were made the way that you were because you weren't meant to fit a grain. Otherwise you would have been made that way. And in all honesty, on a collective level, it's becoming very aware and obvious that you know, the masculine over time is kind of being shown on a collective level um, where they've oppressed in different ways through religion, through women, through races, through all kinds of things, even down through makeup in ways. Mm-hmm. So now even the generational, I mean, biological male is kind of feeling it, even if they may not be that way in this physical time, 
they're still feeling it because as a collective, that energy is coming to light. And in all honesty, we're into the uh, divine feminine time period with Pluto going into Aquarius and whatnot, that it's going to be more about intuition. It's going to be more about creativity, self-expression, community, coming together, um, technology advances, spirituality. Um, that's why you see on such a large stage, the religion, the government, all of these things, the currency, it's all breaking down. It's breaking down because it was created like artificially. Is that the right way? Uh, it was, you know, I mean, it wasn't, it was created with an intent for the few, but in reality, the more that we can go within, the more that we can create, we'll release those self-limiting beliefs. It's a matter of just doing something that feeds your inner child. If it's wrestling, if it's throwing a ball at a wall, if it's painting a heart on your forehead, whatever it may be, tap into it. Because as you start to do that, you'll start peeling back the layers of what's been put on top of you, that cloak that was put on top of you, and you'll start opening up to yourself and seeing who you are. Doesn't matter what age you are. Doesn't matter where you came from. Because all of those things were meant to not be emotionally carried forward. They were meant to be tools, lessons, guides for you to move in moving forward in your own self and in your own life. And that's what this space is for. We're going to tell you the truth. You may not always like it, but it's <laughs> going to be honest and it's going to be truthful because that's what we're here to do. We're not here to sugarcoat because it's not going to help you. It's we're meant to empower. And I loved how she said that because there's no greater feeling than knowing that the God consciousness or whatever it is that you believe source universe, however you want to look at it, that it could be within you, the power yeah. that you have, yeah. you do that. Those 1% structures that were created will start to diminish. All we got to do is stand up and they lose. That's it. And the best way to do that is by standing in your power and being a co-creator and learning about yourself through yourself, like through astrology and human design and um, other people, like how me and her were talking, just being asked questions where you can have the space and the freedom to share. And if you guys have any questions, please pop them down below. If you're watching this after the fact and you pop them down below, we'll still respond back to you um, because we want to have an open discussion and honest discussion and, we're okay with differing viewpoints Absolutely. because that's how I grow. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think really even starting from a place of freedom, um, we're here to allow people to, you can stay in your limiting, limiting beliefs mm -hmm. and, and, and sometimes people won't even view them. You can go through a journey of understanding certain beliefs that you have. Sometimes people think they're serving them and, you or I may look at them and say, wow, that is such a limiting mm -hmm. belief, but someone may be holding on to that for dear life and they have the freedom to. Absolutely. And so um, that's the beauty of being human and being one with God, with source, with love. You have, you're powerful. Yes. And so you have the power to soar. You have the power to sit, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I recommend soaring. You know, I recommend unleashing and discovering the beautiful and the power within you and, and the capacity that you have to manifest and bring upon mm -hmm. change and miracles and, and creativity to, to really co-create. And mm -hmm. it's, 
it's what we were created for. And so what I find is when people actually can step into their power, when they can step into freedom, you kind of hit this sweet spot of, I was, this is who I was created to be. Mm-hmm. This feels like who I really am. And it's not for us to say what you should believe, but the big questions are, do you feel right now that you're moving in a way that this is who I was created to be, Mm -hmm. that you have the freedom to express all the aspects of you and that no parts of you are shameful. Uh, And I think that's a limiting belief too. Like I'm trying to hit on some of the very common ones that I hear from people that we work through is um, I think some people think that parts of them are good, but people have closet parts of themselves because they've been taught that certain things are shameful, certain things are bad, certain things are wrong. And please don't hear me say that there's no evil or no bad or no wrong. You know, clearly there's there are heinous acts out there. But I'm talking about the parts of us that might express intimacy or nakedness or um, creative expression, yeah. art, you know, things that we think um, or we've been told that should be hidden. And if it's a part of you, if it's a part of your creation, and if at your very core, you can look at that and say, I wish, I wish I could show this part of me. I feel more like myself if this could be seen, then that needs to be seen. Mm -hmm. Like that's part of you expressing the creativity that is you, the very essence of who you are in your mind and your soul and your spirit. You are a creative creation. I mean, look at the word creation. Yep. You are art. Yep. And, and if I kind of circle back to that limiting belief about perfection, uh, if we could really draw into the beautiful mess that we are. Yeah. We are created. Just start. Yeah. We are created yeah. to be flawed. Yep. You know, there's zero intention in creation to have, you know, ducks in a row. And the the way our culture tends to define perfect is so bizarre to me when you really, when you're free to look at it with mm-hmm. a different perspective. Um, when the human experience, um, for instance, you know, if you think about it, if I were to break down crying right now, um, like that's human expression. Yeah. How many people would apologize and hide their face and be embarrassed mm-hmm. when really that's, um, in a way, a limiting belief right. that I can't, I need to apologize. That's wrong. I need, need to stop, stop that. Or mm-hmm. you don't need to cry. Please don't cry. Stop um, crying. You're going to make me cry. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe we all need to cry. Uh, you know what I mean? Emotions, like, energy, and motion. Yeah. And mm-hmm. water. I, I always think of us as perfect creation. So when you think of the apology of the cry, I'm going in so many different directions, but it's the way it goes. No, but the points are, it's, yeah. yeah. We, water is so symbolic of cleansing mm-hmm. um, and healing. Even, I mean, just think of baptism, how powerful that is for someone or um, all the different ways that we feel washed with water. And we, as part of our creation and our biology, have a little faucets mm-hmm. that when we feel, usually we cry when, we need a cleanse. Absolutely. And it's we a break need to heal. Uh-huh. And we've been taught in our culture, in our homes, in our upbringing, sometimes in our relationships, that it's uncomfortable and it shouldn't be shown. And it's an expression. I remember one time I was working with a man who uh, was in his 60s 
and was a meth addict. And actually I worked with him when he was incarcerated. And when he was out and he was, he got clean from meth at 60 and just defying all the odds and had been through so much in his life. And he and I were working together and I just wept. I, um, I'll probably weep talking about it. And I'm speaking to him and working with him, but I was weeping. And that in itself was a breakthrough for him because he could just say, I've never had anyone in my life care enough Mm -hmm. about me for me to be worth it to them, to show that level of emotion. Um, And in that moment, he felt love. What if I would have hit that? You know what I mean? What if I just would have... Can't, I can't show emotion. I can't, I can't show weakness. Well, I think it's strength, man. Love is strength. Absolutely. And so vulnerability is your power. Yeah. We can love someone so much deeper by expressing who we are. And so whether it's tears or whether it's something else um, within you that you tend to hide, um, that is a limiting belief. If it's actually part of your creation and, and from that can, can, um, spark creative expression, mm-hmm. you know, like creativity yeah. is just going to flow from that. Mm-hmm. Every breakdown to breakthrough. Yeah. I used mm-hmm. to have a dance career and mm-hmm. dance brings me to, there's times when in choreography and the feeling of the music and, and the movement of the human body, it would, I would, it would just, it would come out of weeping, you know? And uh, so I've experienced that too. Sometimes when you feel that you just need to cry, I encourage you to release it. I mm-hmm. think it's beautiful. I think it's perfect. I'm circling back to where I started here is that's an element of perfection because you were created perfectly. You weren't created on accident. There isn't a part of your creation that should be hidden. Things like tears or a snort when you laugh mm-hmm. or I I think of the, I got sidetracked, but what I was going for before I was going to talk about tears is I think one of the most perfect things in the world is the sound of a child when the expectation of culture is silence. So whether it's in church or in a, in some kind of ceremony or service, and you just hear the breakout of the sound of a child, it's just perfect. what a for me and I get to define perfect however I want. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so wonderfully perfect. And it breaks my heart that someone would think to stifle that sound Mm -hmm. so that whatever display was there had to be perfect. Because of discomfort. Right. Disease. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So so again when we say that like shh that needs to be perfect, I would want to say, who says? Right. Yeah. Who says? Because more than likely you're speaking out of somebody else's context. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think, like you said, we're evolving as a culture right now. We're seeing such dramatic shifts because people are knowing themselves enough and feeling empowered enough to say, just because it's what was always done does not mean we have to do it this way. Yep. And even that is just defying a limiting belief. And that's part of how you get over it. A lot of the, when I work with people and they say, um, well, I, I just, I could never do that. And I'll just say, why not? What would happen? Right. Like what would happen if you left the dishes in the sink or, you know, what would happen if you left the abusive relationship? Like what, what, 
what's the worst that would happen? Cons, yeah. yeah. What, what's the worst that would happen? Cause this, I can't, I can't. Well, I'd have nowhere to go. Well, really? Like, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and sometimes when we break down those, we make these assumptive or assuming statements that have been really programmed into our mind. And if we just break free to defy it for a moment, mm-hmm. all of a sudden we go down these wonderful paths of um, possible truths mm-hmm. and you have the power to decide which one you get to choose. Absolutely. It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think it's beautiful because it's important. Like you can contradict your limiting beliefs. Yes. That is completely okay. It is okay to do things messy. It is okay to be who you are. Yeah. Like everything about that is okay. And what better of a human experience that we get to experience anger to absolute love. Yeah. We can experience happiness to absolute sadness. Like a lot of people don't realize like one thing's worse than the other, but in reality, how beautiful is that? Is it that we can experience all of it? Yeah. We can experience the laughter, all of these feelings, we were given them for a purpose. That is why as human beings, we are pretty much the ones that are able to feel that because coming from the heart center is important in connecting with everybody. Logical mind and everything is great to use. Like I used to be an emotional responder because I kept so much, I had limiting beliefs and I kept so much inside because that's what was supposed to be. So I was taught or figured it came out in ways that um, I didn't get hurt. Oh, she's just emotionally, she's overreacting. She's emotionally responding. And I realized that there was an emotional intelligence check that I had to do, meaning that if I want to be heard and seen for who I was, I had to understand who that even was, what that even looked like first and enjoy the process along the way by getting creative. Sometimes ripping out a coloring book and starting to color is all your inner child needs for a spike of inspiration to pop in, a ping, you know, um, some confidence is one thing leads to the next. Not everything you're going to pursue is going to be something great, but going out there and just experiencing life, even the things that people are like, don't, because at the end of the day, it is none of our business what people think about us. Right. Somebody told me that a long time ago. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and I had to really sit with that for a minute and realize that the self-limiting beliefs and the things that stop us from being able to manifest whatever it is that we want to create stems from caring too much about what other people think because of the upbringing of whatever we experienced. And when you're younger, you don't really necessarily have the tools to understand any of that. So you start building these kind of beliefs and these thoughts that become like your, your protection, your shield, your um, way of getting through your experiences, your hard times. But do a reflection, reflection check on yourself and see, is this going to work for me moving forward? Are these certain beliefs or um, experiences, should I carry this with me still, or is it time for me to put it down? Um, And that's kind of where I was at personally with things, um, was just really wanting to put down so much energy that I was putting into things outside of myself, whether that be food, um, substances, whatever it was, uh, 
poor friendships, um, pouring my cup into friendships where they were just like, gimme, 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 gimme. And it's like, I wanted so badly. I'm going to speak this like as if I'm speaking to the people. Mm -hmm. I wanted so badly for you to accept me that I literally put my boundaries aside and my own self-respect to be able to bend over backwards to get you to approve of me. And at the end of the day, it never made a difference. Mm -hmm. But I thank you for you teaching me that. Yeah. Every situation that you're in with people, they are all lessons that when we can process the emotion that was attached to it and really feel it, like she was talking about with crying, uh, emotion is literally energy in motion. When we stop that emotion from coming out, we create it to go back down to resurface again. And the more you keep doing that, what you end up creating is anger and aggression and for it to come out at times that you have no control over it. That, let it still happen because it's gonna, but eventually you're gonna wanna try to dial that back like I did because I realized that my type of messiness or misunderstandings with myself were open for everybody else to kind of jump on in. And just take it one step at a time, one little movement at a time, one little moment of reflecting on, does this relationship, how does this relationship suit me? How am I suiting them? Because it has to be an ebb and flow. It has to be an even exchange. And the great thing is, is that when you start realizing your value and you start placing those boundaries in place and you stand beside them, it's going to sound crazy, but you're going to have some difficult things that are going to surface to test you, to test you in a way of, are you really believing in yourself? Are you really valuing yourself? Because you're going to have different faces come up, same situations probably, but different faces. And it's all going to be, okay, what did she learn this time? Because cycles, they repeat and you evolve every single time. And where I'm at now is is that those situations I no longer have attached emotion is what I'm getting back to. Meaning that I don't get riled up like I did once before. I have more perspective in learning and understanding it. Just like all the way from the beginning, like we were talking about when it came down to religion and everything else. At the end of the day, everything is knowledge. Everything becomes wisdom. And you're always going to be the student and the teacher simultaneously. You're never going to have it all figured out because it's a journey. It's not about the destination. Perfection is in the messy because how can you absolutely think something is perfect if you haven't seen it messy? And another thing, life was never started with solutions. Sit on that for a minute. Everything began as a problem, right? Because we had to figure it out. Think about that with your life. There's a solution to everything is what I'm getting at. And if you feel like you can't find that yourself, there are resources. There are people out there. Just network. Get yourself around community because the bones and the skeletons in your closet were never meant to be used to hit another person or be used against you. They were actually meant to be used to help yourself and others around you in the world. So don't be ashamed of anything that you've experienced. Know that you are so badass that you went through it because you knew coming into this life that you could overcome it and help the world one way or the other, your world, the world that's around you. 
You're more important than you think that you are. And if you need to be told, we'll have no problem letting you know. But I wanted to touch on that because I thought that was important and being more mindful too. If you start noticing that your mind's kind of getting in a negative little spiral, all you have to do, really easy, become more objective, stand back, let it process, be an observer of the mental mush that could be happening and be like, hmm, am, is this what I'm thinking? Is this just what my mind's used to thinking? And when you start observing it and almost calling it out, it's like it doesn't hold anymore. Speaking out, writing things down, waking up in the morning, me and my husband do this. I've learned this through mentors and a lot of the people that I connect with do this as well. Journaling in the morning, as soon as you wake up, just throwing up everything that's in your mind. It doesn't have to make sense. Don't read it back. Don't let anybody else read it. It's for yourself. Do three pages of it because what you do is, is you kind of empty that mental mind and then you end up creating inspiration in there. You end up creating more of your intuition in your heart center, processing thoughts and how to go about your day. The answers are always all around you for anything that you're seeking guidance on. But sometimes we just, because of self-limiting beliefs in our programming, we have so much clutter up there that's not ours to carry. So do a mental check, do a self check, even if you do it once a day, but always know that it's always a process. You're always going to be learning. Um, you're always going to be working into getting into alignment and you're always going to be evolving, but just don't stop. When things start getting heavy, when you're like, man, I'm really doing everything I feel great and right to do, but this just came up. Look at it as, okay, I'm about to level up. So I could either face this or I could fear it. I'd rather face it every single time because every single time that you face, it's never as bad as you thought. And it always up levels you another step further. A lot of people will go their life doing the work, like um, seeing therapists or getting a mentor and stuff like that. And then when they have just a little bit that comes back up at the end, they might, I'm doing everything. I give up. And it's like, just push, just push yourself. Like you would push somebody else. Just push yourself instead. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. Awesome. Yeah. What do yeah. you think about that? I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's amazing. Um, and it kind of goes hand in hand with that contradicting and defying. And um, and I think even I, I just felt too while you're talking that there's probably some people listening, like when you had said, um, I didn't know who I was, you know, mm -hmm. and so many people don't know who they are. So even to talk to someone about love, love yourself, it's hard to love someone you don't know. Mm -hmm. And if sometimes that's, that's five steps past where we are. Maybe we have to start with who are you? Who do you know yourself to be? And I've been there. Sounds like you've been there yeah. when we've had to look at ourselves and say, outside of who this person says I am or this Institution says I, I love am. that you're saying this. Yep. Yeah, I have no flipping idea who I am, and that's honestly I, when I sit across from someone who's at that place, I call it like a blank canvas place. Yes, it's the most beautiful place to be, honestly, mm -hmm. because in that moment of discovery of I don't know who I am, it's like a stake in the ground to say, "Wow, that means." 
I know I'm not that person that, yes. I, that the other person has said. Uh-huh. And so if it's you right now, if you feel like I don't even have a clue who I am, if I had to, and here's an example, when I, I had to, for a while, leave my dance career and go into eating disorder treatment, I was killing myself. And um, that was a really hard thing to do. And when my addiction was stripped from me, <laughs> literally in an inpatient, we're con- controlling all of your behavior, can't get away with anything type of scenario. Um, I remember, and, and this was, I mean, I'm 51 now. I was 18 when I went into eating disorder treatment. So it was a long time ago. Um, I remember uh, my therapist at the time said, tell me what kinds of things make you angry. And I was numb. I just said, nothing. I mean, whatever my parents get angry with. Well, what makes you sad? Nothing. Like, what do you, you know, I, I spent every waking hour um, in the discipline of the art of dance. And I remember her saying, do you love dance? And me saying, I don't know. I have no idea. And it was, I can look back at that as such a strange phenomenon to just not have a clue who you are. But that was my turning point where I got to discover who I was. I got to explore. It was like I was on, I I set off on a navigation of Mm -hmm. who do I get to be? And so I just want to encourage you because you get to decide, like I got to decide and I went down some wrong turns. You heard, I went to some really religious stuff that I was like, Whoa, let's read. But it's not wrong. It wasn't, but I needed a course correction Mm -hmm. and that's okay because that that again, that's brought me to this place where I am right now. So it's not a regret, but you have permission to course correct, I guess is what I want. Just because you decide like, I don't know who I am. So maybe I'll try this. And if that doesn't feel so great, it's not like, I think sometimes people feel like, well, now that's in stone because I'll look ridiculous if I tried something and I just go. And it's like, no, no, like you're, your whole life is this beautiful exploration. Um, you're digging for treasure and the treasure is you. And mm-hmm. and you get to discover all these amazing different parts of you. And you're going to discover things. If we have 18 year olds listening right now, you're going to discover things about you this year while you're 18 that are so fascinating and so brilliant that you can fall in love with that. And then there may be another treasure that you don't discover till you're 22 and then 32 and, and so on. And, like you said, I plan on discovering things at 81 right. and 102. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty and the joy of us. So if you're at that place of a blank canvas, you're not defeated. You are at the starting block. And you have this beautiful blank canvas that you get to decide. Um, this is what always comes to my mind. There's an animated movie called, I get a lot of deep lessons from animated movies. They're always my favorite, but there's a animated movie called the iron giant. Mm -hmm. And there's this beautiful um, moment there where this big machine, this iron giant, he's formed a relationship with this little boy, but he was created to be a weapon that killed. And he was torn between his programming and, and he was trying to protect the boy and, um, the whole city is afraid of him because he's a weapon and he's huge and everybody's firing at him and he's programmed to fight back and to, and to hurt people. And the little boy um, climbs up to him risking death because he's in fire and, you know, fire and kill mode. And the little boy 
says, you choose, you choose. And it's like that. I recommend the movie highly, everybody. Um, Huge life lesson. In that moment, that programmed robot stopped and chose love and chose who he let go of his programming and chose redirection and a whole new path. It, it was, it's, it's very beautiful, but we have those pivotal moments all the time in Always. our life. And if you, if you get nothing else from today, like hear Nicole and my voice, just whispering in your ear, you choose. Yes. You're going to be faced with it. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know who I am. Well, you choose. And there is no wrong choice because as long as we're alive and there's breath in us, we can course correct and, and we can dig this way for treasure. And then we can turn and dig this way for treasure. And um, I just encourage you in that moment that you don't know, um, and even if you do, to explore that question, who, who am I and who do I know myself to be? And if you're out there and you have the answer, man, I love, I, I know myself to be uh, creative. I know myself to be beautiful. I know myself to be strong. I know myself to be resourceful. Um, I know myself be a chatterbox or sometimes a pin in the ass. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Obsessive. Like I am, I'm, I'm, I have a strongly obsessive personality, but I've also learned to redefine that, you know, like, so some of the things that maybe people were, what we touched on before, people may have told you it was terrible or wrong. Um, you know, I have a very addictive personality. I can get addicted to something very quick, but I realized that is such a good gift because when it's focused on the things that give life to people, when it's focused on, on something that'll take me more towards my goals, it's called discipline and Mm -hmm. consistency, my inability to stop moving towards something. So it's again, kind of like the childhood lesson, like use your powers for good. And I always notice that I have a very, one of my sons is very strong willed. <laughs> oh man. When he was younger, my husband and I would look at each other and we're like, if we just, we don't want to take that away from him because he's so fierce and he's so strong. We just need him to use his power for good. Yes. Because we, everybody could be in a whole lot of trouble if that's channeled the wrong way. And so I, the next question sometimes I'll ask people and this is a great journaling tool too. And you may even be opposed to half of this question, but I will ask people, first I ask them, um, what do you hate about yourself? What do you hate? And sometimes that list is really long, um, but you gotta look at that. You gotta look at that because we wanna, we wanna change the way you perceive those things, mm-hmm. like yeah. my obsessiveness or, you know, I'm really loud too. I'm so my loud. name is Mouth Growing Up. There. Yep. Sure was. And everybody that will see this that has connected with me, it's true. <laughs> but I learned because of that, I, I shut my mouth though, you know. But now I learned that every time I speak, one of my gifts that I truly believe is it manifests things, it creates yeah. things, um, it externalizes things. Yeah. So at the end of the day, that's one of my gifts or, um, the fact that I was always connected this way. Um, people got uncomfortable with that. 
real quick. Um, just being real with you, you know, being able to see and connect with people who've crossed over when you could be at gatherings like that, you know, family, especially in certain structures, I'll just say, hmm. get very not okay with that. So I know what it's like to feel alone and stand alone, but guess what? That's how you stand out. Yeah. You're meant to stand out, not stand in. Yeah. And I love how she said, you get to choose because at the end of the day, you do have that choice. And when she asked, which I probably would have had a long list for her before when she said about hating about yourself, I sat there and I looked at her as she said that. And I was like, oh my God. I can't even answer that now. That's work. That, yes, it is. That it is, is the work. Because work. now, because oh, I thought of all the things before that I would have said that I hate and I realized they're all my strengths now. So those things that people, a lot of the times were quieting down are the biggest things that you got, you have to offer to people because me being mouthy with my kids as they grew, my youngest one, y'all thought I talked. He is very, 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 very chatty plus a chat. Um, and I've noticed in sports and stuff like that, because of the way that sports were perceived before, underdogs weren't really accepted in there. It was more like you you had jocks in the family or like it, it, there was a history of it, whatever. Not here. In my chart, I'm terrible at sports. Did sports, but I'm terrible at them. Just not my thing. Do I get into them? Yeah. Do I get pissed at them? Absolutely. But do I laugh at myself over it? Sure do, because I suck at it. It is what it is. My son does great at it, but he's not supposed to talk because he's supposed to learn. So he's constantly getting told, be quiet, be quiet, keep it down. And he's getting a hard time over it. But at the end of the day, he's going to end up, I swear, being famous. I can see him being famous and talking to people because there's not a single person that my son does not talk to that does not have that person feel great about themselves. Complete strangers will go up to and talk to. I know I worried about him going into vans when he was a kid because of that. But it's the point is, is that... Those things, because of society, like, don't act like that because we're in a store. Shh, keep it down. Now it's like, just go. Right. Just go and be. Do it messy. Because at the end of the day, it is none of your business what people think about you. Just like it is the same for them. Focus on you. Make yourself the limelight. And even through the messiest and what can feel like the hardest times, you will survive them. You will overcome them. And you will look back at them. And you will realize, my God, was I more powerful than I thought. And you'll start realizing that your time is valuable. Fill that time up with love. You can unconditionally love with boundaries. That was a really big one that I had to learn. And I had to learn it with family. That was really difficult. Because in all honesty, I didn't think that when I was learning how to love with boundaries, that it was going to be the people closest to me that I was going to have to instill it with first. I thought it was just going to be, you know, fair weather friends because everybody comes in for a season or reason. Right. But it ended up being the other way. And that's OK. That's completely OK, because if you can be able to face the ones that you feel like indebted to or like you owe them some. My kids don't owe me nothing. When the time comes, they don't have to come back. They don't have to ever talk to me again. I hope they do. But they're not forced to because we are not in debt to anybody is what I'm getting at. We are here because we're meant to be here at this time, because there is something within us that we have for this time on earth. And if we keep shutting it down and we, we continue the self-limiting beliefs outside of us, then 
you're preventing your um, true self from coming out. But just know that you're right on time. You're not behind. Nobody's ahead of you. You're exactly where you're meant to be at this time of your life. I was told that. And I love that I was told that because I thought it was great because I always felt like I had to catch up, like I was falling behind. And when I was told that, you know, a soul sissy of mine said this, you know, things are going to happen no matter what. It's just with variability. If it's destined to happen, it's going to happen. You just got to get in alignment with it. So just try it. It can't hurt nothing to at least give it a shot in trying any of the tools that we had shared with you. Um, and then realizing that you're a powerhouse. And that's kind of what I want to leave you with is that you're a powerhouse. And every Wednesday, I will be here. I will be here with the guests. I really hope she comes back because this was amazing, by the way. And we will uncover things like this every single week. Um, I might end up doing a five-day-a-week like The View, but we're going to do it well new style, to be honest yeah. with you. Because yeah. um, I really think that it's important to have a real hour about real stuff. Yeah. That is really happening and not fear-based things that are distracting you yeah. from your achievements for yourself. And I'll leave you with that. And then for you. I want to just not leave people with the last thing that I said that would never be, I would never leave you with a list of hate. <laughs> so I want to give you an exercise um, to kind of sign off with. That's really important. And I found to be pivotal with a lot of people. And so if you ask yourself that question, what do I hate about me? I love that you didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't have anything, but I want you to be real. It's, this is your relationship with you. This is you learning to trust you. And part of being able to trust yourself is to be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And so um, I want you to list things that you hate about you because we got to look at those things. Those are revealing what you really believe about you. And then I want you to list what you love about you. And I want you to just sit with that. What do I love about me? What are things that I love about me? And I want you to stay away from um, the, uh, what is the word that I want to use? Because I want to be cautious with this. I want you to stay away from tasks. <laughs> Because uh, a lot of times I love the way I make a living. I love the way I clean a house. I love the way I, and mm. a lot of times it's very, it enters into a transactional place of love. Surface. Um, yeah. So I want you to look at what you love about you, parts of who you are, the physical, the emotional, the mental. And the inner corner. Yes. And it can be some things you do as well, but I don't want it to be only those things. Mm -hmm. And then what I really want you to do, the whole point of this is because I really, uh, at, at the core of who I am, believe what you tune into is what's going to decide your beliefs. And it really is matching frequencies with, you're going to match free, you're matching frequencies with something. You have a limiting belief. If you're believing everything that, that, uh, your parents and, and the, your family traditions have been, then you're matching frequencies with that tradition and, and with possibly toxicities or just the way things are done or how love is defined with your family. If you're matching frequencies with hate and judgment, then, whoa, that list is going to look like something. And I recommend matching frequencies with love. It's literally just tuning into something that's always there. You're one with love. God is love. You can call God. You can call it Jesus. You could call it source. You could call it universe. You can call it power. You can call it um, 
Kiki. Yes. I don't care what you do, but I want you to ask, and it just simply, I love love. Like I love the perspective of love. And so I'll look at that hate list and I'll look at number one and I'll just sit with myself and say, what is love's perspective on that? And then I want to tune into love. I want to receive love. And I want to trust love inside of me to be so powerful that whatever comes to mind is right. And why I say that is because this is what people do next. Well, that, that that's just my, that's a, that's a terrible thing. Wow, I can't write that down. I'm, I'm not going to write that down. And usually that's also a limiting belief because love is so powerful that love might use something that you think is wrong or dark mm-hmm. or shameful to say, say, this is how I'm getting your attention on this. This is, this is what I want you to look at. And so I want you to continue to go deeper and then say, why, why would love show me this? And I want you to tune in again to love the voice of love and receive. And I want you to go through that hate list and counter it by receiving and tuning into love. And then I want you to ask the voice of love who you are. Just show me who I am. Even if you think you know, even because I love, like, I love new. There's always going to be something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't got me figured out, you know, like, I don't know everything yet that I was. Well, you don't need to, you'll be bored. Or if you'll be bored. And so I think sometimes we need to sit and just discover and let love define us. That's where I see freedom and empowerment and just in a complete abolishing of living of limiting beliefs mm-hmm. take place. I'm not telling you, you have to do it. I'm just telling you the beauty that I see erupt from that. And so I highly recommend it. I see people transform mm-hmm. and become new and find a way to embrace this beautiful, um, just complete interwovenness that they have mm-hmm. with the power of the universe and love itself. And when that is you and you know it to your very being, you're completely unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I wanted to tap onto that just real quick. The artist way teachings, um, what's beautiful about what she said was, is that if you write down, they're called blurts, um, negative things about yourself or things that you hate about yourself, like she was saying, on the other side of it, um, because this is what I would do that I learned in the um, journaling and the writing was, then I would turn them into I am affirmations. So I would take all those things that I say hated about myself, and then I would rephrase it to how it becomes an affirmation. So if I was to say, I hate that I talk so much, I would turn around and say, I love the fact that I love to share so much knowledge and wisdom with all the people around me. So if that's something that you want to do, if you're somebody who likes to write down and stuff, that could be also a great way of bringing yourself back to love as well. Yes, so I just wanted absolutely. to share that. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Oh, so good. I did that forever. That was so fun. Oh, my goodness. I know. Yeah, I know. It was so good. I feel like we know.